What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? This is Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. Welcome to the program. I would love for you to like, subscribe, and share. Share this program far and wide. Tonight, we have a special guest, but before I introduce my guest, I want to remind you guys that I'm doing a documentary, and it's called The Alien Deception Entertainment Frontlines. And soon I'll be creating a companion video that's called Deception, The Road to Disclosure. What this is going to be about, I'm going to give you a couple of little tidbits of the stuff that's going to be in the documentary and i'm going to basically kind of chronicle the making of the documentary as it unfolds so i just want you guys to look out for that and you know just tell everybody about this show or this program and like i said if you want to support us just go ahead and look down in the links we got a ton of links down there and also to share this program so tonight we're going to be talking about biblical manhood very important topic because Satan is basically um, attacking the family wherever he can. This is going to be uh, something that we all have to fight. It doesn't matter if we're single parent, two parent home, whatever. This is going to be a big issue. It is a big issue and it's been a big issue for a long time. So tonight my guest is Jeff T-Rex Bankins. And again, the topic is biblical manhood. Jeff, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Chris. It's uh, great to be on your show. I've uh, been a fan for a while, and I'm just looking forward to, not only to your documentary, but our conversation tonight, which is on a very important topic, and I know firsthand how important it is. So I'm excited to be able to share this, and I, I do pray that it blesses and helps someone else out there. Oh, definitely. And um, if, if you guys have heard, me and Jeff, our testimony is pretty similar, and we're going to get into those issues. And again, you know, I'm glad to have you on, man. Because I just see this issue being so big, like I stated before, and, um, you know, not having a father or not having both parents or and the repercussions of all that within the culture and everything. I just see this as other than salvation. I think this is like the second biggest issue we have to deal with right now. What are your thoughts on that? You know, Chris, I would agree, because if men were in their proper place, even men that aren't saved then we would not have so many of the problems we have in society. Uh, and so what Satan has done is uh, started at the head. You know, he can't get Jesus, which is the men's head. But if he gets to the men, gets them off track, then family, society, culture are all down the tubes. And that's what we see happening today. Right, right. Yeah, but you know what? Before we go on, you know, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself and how you got into this ministry you know, how did God lead you here? Oh, gosh, Chris, it's a kind of a long story, but I know we're we're having a conversation tonight, so we'll get into that. Basically, the short version is throughout my life, I did not know what it was to be a man, a, not even from a natural perspective, let alone a spiritual perspective as far as being a godly man. 
You know, uh, I did not have the greatest relationship with my dad when I was growing up. And while he's a Christian now, back then when I was a kid and a teenager, he had some struggles of his own. And because of that, uh, I did not have the example I needed. And I internalized all those things that I was picking up. And instead of finding somewhere to get help, I internalized it all. I tried to help myself. And as we all know, that sends you down a path of destruction. And over the years, I became addicted to pornography. And after I got into college, I became addicted to, uh, you know, different sexual misbehaviors and sexual deviance. And finally, I came to a place where I was on crystal meth, playing with ecstasy and other drugs and alcohol. And I was doing all that to mask the problems I had uh, sexually. And so what happened was I became so broken. And at all the same time, I was like running from God. And I think you probably know about that, too. I kept running from the call of God. And I wasn't exactly uh, where I needed to be spiritually anyway. I was lost knowing the truth, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and basically, I finally got to a point where uh, I didn't have a job. My parents didn't have their business anymore. All the fun had turned into, uh, you know, the consequences of sin, as we're told throughout the Bible. Yeah. And finally, I got to a point where I either was going to die, go to jail, or ask God to pick up the pieces and save me. And I did that. But even though God saves you in an instant, that lifetime of sin and screwing things up in your life, that doesn't get fixed overnight. I don't care what anybody says. If God would do it that way, you wouldn't be able to appreciate what he's done in your life and you wouldn't be able to uh, to help other people. And that's, you know, how God builds the churches. As we grow up spiritually, we're supposed to take people behind us and help them grow up, you know, and help them along their spiritual journey as Christians. Anyway, I started noticing throughout my 20s. And this was, you know, after I had got off the drugs and alcohol and, and tried to to start living a Christian life. I still had so many hang ups and so many problems and addictions I was dealing with, I didn't know how to come out of it. What I started noticing, though, was God brought people into my life that became mentors to me. Uh, some of them were mentors as far as, you know, teaching me how to be a husband because I wanted to be a husband one day. Some of them were good with their finances. Some were good fathers. And so God brought all these men as godly examples into my life. And not only that, he brought some ministries my way that I was able to participate in. And once I got healing in those ministries, God also allowed me to to help other people by being a leader in some of those ministries. One was a Christian 12-step program, and another program was uh, that of helping people find uh, healing from sexual brokenness, whether that be homosexuality or uh, deviance like I was into uh, or any anything related to that kind of stuff. So after that long journey, gosh, that was 10 or 12 years probably, I started being able to help other people. I started being able to participate in children's ministry. I learned to teach and speak in public by doing all those things. And now today, uh, I speak when I can, usually a gospel message. And last year, I got to lead a men's conference at my own church, and I'm looking forward to hopefully doing some more of those in the future, either at our church or some other places, mm. wherever God allows. And then uh, also, I do the strength ministry. It's, it's not really on topic tonight, but I do that also, where I'm able to basically do a performance that catches the audience's attention. Once we have their attention, we give them the gospel message. And uh, God's just brought me a long way, man. I can go into more detail with some of this stuff if you want me to, but I think that hits the highlights. All right. Yeah, that's, that's uh, some good introduction. And seeing how God works in your life, it's amazing when he takes off, I call it trimming the fat. 
when he trimmed the fat of sin out of your life and then uses you later on for something wonderful. It's amazing to me. A lot of things that I'm doing today, including the show, it's not something I deeply desire to do, you know. But um, when God basically did what he did in my life, it's, it's like all of a sudden I started getting this thirst to speak and talk about weird stuff or the Bible or the gospel. It's not stuff I had confidence in earlier. So, you know, I, I totally um, I get where you're coming from. So I see here that you have some scripture beginning with First Timothy. So if you want to go into the verse, um, go ahead. Let us have it. Yes, sir. First Timothy 1.15. And uh, I, by the way, I, I use the ESV. Uh, that's what our pastor preaches out of, and mm-hmm. I found that it's a you know it's a trustworthy, trustworthy version of the Bible. But anyway, the saying is trustworthy, and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chiefest. Mm-hmm. And now the reason I put that verse, Chris, and it's not a cliche. Of course, none of the Bible's a cliche, but some people can use it in that way. Uh, but the reason I put that at the beginning of my presentation when we did this conference a few months back was because I grew up knowing enough of the truth to know that I was a sinner, yet I continued relying on, I hope God will just not let me die while I continue in my sinful ways and one day I'll come back to him. Right. Um, that's that's not a good way to live. Yeah. But because of God's grace, I, I did make it through those rough times. And uh, even though I, I made bad choices and brought it all upon myself, God is now allowing me to not only be healed of that, but to help other people. And I'm actively, actually actively helping a couple of men in my church right now mm. uh, since the since the conference we had last year, which has been a real joy and treat. If not for God pursuing me, calling me, keeping his hand on me when I was doing uh, terrible things, then I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't have a five-year-old son and I wouldn't have a, the beautiful wife I have because neither one of them could have been in my life before God changed me. And it took him a, a long time to get a hold of me, but thank, thankfully he's patient. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, again, I can relate to that. I had a lot of stuff in my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched think, your, uh, yeah. was it your testimony you did at your church? Yeah. You, you yeah. posted a few months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what part you're talking about in that. That was really good. And I would encourage the viewers to watch that. And that was a really good testimony. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give you the link uh, if you're watching this or listening to this on the uh, podcast or on YouTube, the link to my testimony will be below. But um, yeah, so um, please continue. Okay, so as I said, uh, I grew up knowing the truth, meaning uh, I grew up in a church going home. I'm the oldest of my parents' children. And even though I did grow up in that Christian home, my parents fought a lot. Uh, As I told you earlier, my dad at the time was kind of like me. I was kind of like a a younger version of him, I guess, at the time, because we both knew enough of the truth to not be doing what we were doing, but we were both involved in sin. And uh, not only that, uh, I had a bad experience as a young child. Do you want me to go into that part? Sure. Okay. Uh, I try to be careful how I share this, but uh, I know your audience is most likely all grown-ups. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say if, if there are any children listening, I would encourage you to to – pause it and get them out of the room before um, I go any further. But anyway, as I said, my parents fought a lot because my dad was not living right. And, you know, him and my mom just clashed a lot because of that. But there was a certain incident that happened in my life when I was about six years old. I was asleep in bed with some grownups and all of a sudden I woke up and they were in the middle of 
the sex act. Mm-hmm. And I was six. I didn't really know what that was at the time, but it, it was so strange, Chris. And, and this is what I told the men at the conference we did a few months back. Mm-hmm. It, it's as if all at once, even though I didn't know what was going on, and even though I didn't see it, I, I woke up to the noise and the sounds and the smells and all that. Yeah. Even though I didn't know what was going on, I knew what was happening. And from that point on is when I started down the path of uh, sexual deviance and destruction. Because for one thing, I was a kid. We hadn't even talked about those kind of things at the time, my parents and I. So who could I tell about that? You know, mm-hmm. I, it, yeah. it wasn't anything I enjoyed. I didn't want to be a part of it. I, I just happened to be there. And I do want to say, I don't think the grownups were doing it to harm me. They never realized I w- was awake. I think they just were not taking the proper precautions. Like I, I shouldn't have been there with them. I should have been in a different room, you know, somewhere else. Right. Uh, you know, parents just need to be very mindful of their kids, not only what they watch and listen to, but, you know, put a door to your bedroom if you don't have one and, and lock it if you need to have some private time. Because yeah. I'm a, I could tell you from personal experience, if your kid is part of that or sees that, it, it's going to mess them up. Because that happened when I was six. I was not totally healed till I was probably, gosh, Chris, probably 30 or more. Wow. wow. And there was 10 or 12 years there that God started working on me. So it, it took mm-hmm. a long time to overcome that, along with all the other problems that come along with that afterwards. Yeah. It's crazy because in my testimony, I didn't mention this, but the same thing that happened to you happened to <clears> me, too. <laughs> I woke up and... Uh, oh, man. Some grown-ups were doing it. It wasn't, you know, I, I kind of like felt something in the bed and something, something, and I peeked over the covers and I, oh my goodness, you know, I can't remember how old I was, but yeah, same exact thing, <laughs> and that that didn't help my situation either. So yeah, continue, please. No, I mean, because what happened from that moment on, and uh, you know, I'm just being honest here, mm-hmm. it didn't affect me thankfully with too bad in my mind with girls my age like you know i was a little kid yeah but from that moment on every grown-up woman i saw those kind of thoughts about that person flashed through my mind yeah i didn't know how to turn it off as i said i had no one to talk to because i I certainly as a kid i'm thinking i can't tell anybody this happened because you know what are they going to think of me what are they going to think of these other people I, i just i have to hold on to this dirty secret because you know that's just how you kind of get in that uh, mentality and that frame of mind when something like that happens. All right. At least that's how I looked at it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that I even ever joked about it. You know how sometimes you'll joke about things that are uncomfortable when you you know, are a little older. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know that I did that. I may have, but I, I never found it to be a fond memory. Right. Because let's just say that every time you see a woman or, if, you know, if you deal with other problems, every time you see a man, whatever, that – it's just like every time you see that person or a person, pornography flashes through your mind. That's mm-hmm. what was happening to me yeah. from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And this was pre-adolescence. So you can imagine what kind of problems I started having when I was an adolescent and then a teenager. And then once I got to college, uh, I was able to to act out those things I had been rumbling through my mind for all those years with with grownups. You know, I, I got into strip clubs. I got into prostitution, mm-hmm. not being one, but but paying for the service. Right. And because I was hiding that dirty little secret, I also masked all that pain with alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, only by God's grace, I finished college. You can definitely tell 
when God woke me up because my grades started okay, then went way down and down and down. Wow. Somehow I was able to finish, but in the last few semesters, that's when I had uh, really started trying to live a Christian life again. I was still very messed up, but I was at least trying to change, and I had stopped uh, the prostitution, the strip clubs, the drinking, the drugs, and all that stuff. Yeah. And you can see in my transcript that my grades actually went way back up because I was trying to, to do right. And anyway, obviously because of that, uh, I didn't get married till I was in my 30s. And thank God for that, because I don't think my wife would have had anything to do with me. I, w- I was I would never want that kind of person, the w- person I used to be, to marry any of my kids. Right. And yeah. uh, what's so neat, I just want to mention this. I don't want if there's any single people out there listening, I'm sure there are. Uh, I don't want to give anybody hopes that God has someone special just for you. But I do want to tell you this. Don't settle. Mm hmm. If you date for date someone that is either going to drag you into sin or drag you away from God, just like what happened to King Solomon, mm. wait on God. You know, and I did not perfectly wait on God, but I did pray that God would help me to marry the right person. And so, you know what happened, Chris? Yeah. Every time I tried to date someone that was not the right person, guess what happened? Sabotaged <laughs> or imploded. Yeah. Every time. That's awesome. And when I met my wife, this is crazy. I, I had pretty much two months before I met her, I had told God, you know what? I, I guess I'm not ever going to meet anyone. I'm not going to get married, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was sad about that, but I, I really had a heart to serve God. So I said, God, you know, I'm just going to serve you and whether I ever get married or not. So I started thinking I was going to do the strength stuff for a full-time living. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if anybody out there has ever heard of Power Team. That's some traveling strong men that were popular, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, and they still perform today, but they wear these big colorful jumpsuits and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't do that kind of show, but I I did travel with a group like that a few times. So I thought I was going to be doing that full time. And when I met my wife, I had a like a purple mohawk. Uh And you know what? She rode in my car to the movies (laughs) and she dated me and enjoyed being with me. And it was the first time that happened, even with that crazy colored hair. (laughs) And uh, she stuck around. And I can tell you today, I would not be the man I am without her. And it was only, again, by God's grace that I was even able to to get her to go out with me. Because, again, if God had not turned me into the man I am today, and if he had not surrounded me with those mentors, I, there's no way I could have even talked her into going out on one date. Right. right. And the other cool thing is that she didn't know anything about that kind of life that I, uh, that I lived. She had never experienced those things, thankfully. So... Uh, it was like I married somebody who didn't know about all that. It, it gave me an opportunity to do things right after I had done it wrong for so many years. Um, and again, I, I just want to say that not to, to brag because it's God's grace only that that happened. But to let people know that no matter how bad and how deep and dark you get into sin, you will have scars. You will maybe have things that you battle the rest of your life. But if you if you keep up the fight of Christian faith and keep fighting those things, God will— uh, God will turn you around, and he can also bring some bright spots to your life. It won't be all misery and sadness. Uh, and he'll also, more, more importantly, make you a productive member of his uh, kingdom. Man. And, uh, you know, you know you know what I'm talking about, and I know you do, because oh, I've yeah. seen some of your videos you do are in church when you're speaking and all that kind of stuff. So you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I guess one of the main problems is a lot of men— Women too, but since it's biblical manhood tonight, the men are missing 
their identity. And until they find yes. their identity in Christ, they'll always be missing something, you know, uh, because my life has been fulfilled through the identity I've found in Jesus Christ and the godly men that are that I'm around. And it's so important to 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 let men know that you have to be surrounded by good, godly men, you know, because the world it's something that's so, it looks so tempting. Even when, you, I don't care if you sit in your house for three months reading the Bible and praying, once you step out those doors, temptation is everywhere. And if you don't have the everywhere. right identity, you could slip up so easy. That's why the Bible says to flee fornication or flee this or flee that. You know, sin is, is it looks savory. It's like a nice rack of ribs, you know? <laughs> you know, it's so... Yeah. You know, we have to be on guard. This is a spiritual fight for spiritual warfare. And we have to be in the word. And that's one of the ways that we get our identity through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, um, if people will study the Bible, study the Gospels and study what the, uh, the other writers of the New Testament said about Jesus. Jesus was not a sissy. He was not a hippie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sometimes he kicked people's butts. Mm-hmm. You know, and I did it not out of sinful anger or anything. He did it out of righteous anger. Right. But uh, I want to tell people something else. I thought of this while you were talking. You don't have to be a, you know, a weightlifter, a hunter, a fisherman, uh, a policeman, or, you know, whatever image of tough guy comes into people's minds. You don't have to be that person to be a biblical or godly man. What you got to do is follow what the Bible teaches passionately and raise up other men behind you. That's how you're a biblical man. Yeah. You know, and like you said, stay in the word, stay in prayer. And more importantly, you need to be active in your local church, you Mm -hmm. know, because you'll see in here uh, in Titus, God doesn't just always raise people up out of nowhere. I mean, I know he'll do that like in situations in Muslim countries. I I know people are having dreams of Jesus or or whatever their name for Jesus is. And then they come to Christ and all that kind of stuff. But that's an unusual circumstance. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of churches in our country. There's not enough men. And the reason is, is men have to step up. And not only that, we have to be involved in our churches so that we can bring up other men behind us. And you don't have to be a person that's an actual father to raise up spiritual children. You just need to do your part as being a godly man or becoming a godly man that is also active in your local church. And if you'll do that uh, before you pass, God will use you to raise up other men that'll be your spiritual sons. You know, and then they in turn will do the same for others as they come up, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It makes a lot of sense. And there's there's all sorts of different men in the Bible that are righteous, holy men. And holiness doesn't mean boring. You can go out and have fun, you know, but do it in a godly way. And, you know, today's world wants to emasculate what a man really is. They want you to be all sorts of different things, you know, uh, metrosexual and all this stuff that leads to other things. You don't want to be that type of guy, especially if you're raising children. You want to be the picture of a man. You are a a protector, caregiver and other things. So, you know, and, and ultimately you want to be in the class of holiness because that's what God wants you to be. He says, be holy for I am holy. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But we're going to strive for perfection because he's telling us we could do that. We could strive once we go by his word and trust in him. Go ahead. 
Well, you brought up a good point. Uh, you strive for holiness. And what I wanted to point out is, look, I, I did lots of terrible things. I know you've, you've talked about some of the things you've done uh, in your testimony. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I still have struggles with some of those sins that God has helped me overcome. But this is the deal. If you're not followed into that sin regularly and you're fighting it the way God teaches us to fight sin and to uh, put the flesh in its place, basically, put yeah. your sinful nature in its place. Right. If you're doing that, yes, wrestling with it. Yes. If you're doing that, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And nobody is perfect. You can think of uh, whoever you think the best preacher is or uh, the best saint of the church, whatever, or even uh, besides Jesus, your favorite Bible hero. None of them were perfect. They were all very sinful at times, but they were fighting that sinful nature, and they always strove to be repentant and to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help them become who they're supposed to be. And if you're doing that, you're doing what you're supposed to be, and you're qualified to help others come alongside you, and you're qualified also to bring others behind you. And I'm going to tell you, if you look, most churches, the ladies are doing a lot of the work, and it's because men need to step up. I mean, think about it. The Sons, if you're a father, students in Sunday school, even college and high school students and uh, young men that are just getting into their careers. If you're, uh, you know, maybe in your 30s, 40s or older than that, all of those men look up to you and they need someone to point them in the right direction. And, right. and that's why we have to do our job, which is study the scripture, pray and act it out on a daily basis. Yeah. I, and again, you don't, you don't have to be he-man to do that. You just need to have uh, fortitude, and when you mess up, be repentant. Don't hide your, you know, when you mess up, you know, you may share some of that stuff with people. Look, man, I messed up, um, and that's what I do. It, it yeah. helps, especially if you get into a situation where you're being mentored and mentoring others, which that will happen. In my experience, that will happen if you're doing what God has called us to do as men. When you do that, it helps you build relationships uh, with those men, and it, it helps them see that uh, – you know, they have a ways to go, but even when they get to maybe where you're at in their spiritual walk, that it's okay to mess up as long as you're fighting that battle and not giving in all the time. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, you're, if once, you're, once you, you, your life is um, cleaned up through Jesus Christ, let's put it that way, you're, you're going to be an example for people that you don't even know are looking, right? And right. we are called ambassadors for Christ. So we're, we're supposed to be, anything we do, it, the Bible says to do it for God, it, for Him, you know? And if we're ambassadors, we're basically representing Him all the time. So when we mess up or we, um, we, we do strange things in the name of Christ, or not even in the name of Christ, basically it's in our name because it's, you know, selfishness most of the time, right? We're all all right. sin is selfish. And we want to be those ambassadors as much as we can and always given the right example according to the Bible because we have a high expectation on our lives. Everything we do affects people, you know? We, we have to, the way we treat our wives, our girlfriends, our friends, uh, strangers, it all matters. I mean, there are people that have affected my life um, that we didn't even know each other that well. It was just a high or something. And it, it, those little things mattered. There people, everybody's, uh, there's a lot of people out there hurting, and we just don't know what their lives are like. And we have to always consider that, too. So being a, a godly man is something that it's a serious badge, but a badge of honor. Go ahead. 
You're exactly right, Chris. And you, again, made me think of something while I was listening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been times I've been called out. And what I mean by that is somebody was watching me and pointed out something that made me realize they knew I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. There are two distinct times I can think of. One, I I cherish. The other, I'm ashamed of. But thankfully, God has forgiven me because that was over 20 years ago. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I went to a strip club probably, I don't know, I was in my early 20s, college age or thereabouts. And the lady working the door at this place happened to be someone that was in high school the same time I was. Mm. And, you know, several years before that. And I had never talked to her. I'd seen her at school and all that, but she knew I was supposed to be a Christian. Guess what she said when I walked in? Mm. She said something like, hey, aren't you that Christian guy that used to go to Westlake? And I was at a strip club mm. and I wanted to I wanted to sink under the floor and leave. You know, of course, I could. not I was there. Uh, I couldn't be like, oh, uh, I'm here to witness to everybody. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so but then uh, not too long ago, uh, a girl that works for me come to my office and was asking me something because she I had never said I was a Christian. She could tell. And so she was wanting some advice on, uh, you know, how to deal with I think her grandmother or something like that. And uh, she wasn't up to no good. She was asking me because she knew I was a Christian man. I had never even said that. You know, you don't, you don't have to say that people are always watching you. Yeah. So that's why it's important. Like you said, to always, always strive to do your best because even like, I don't know, you're shopping or traveling or whatever. Uh, my prayer is a lot of times when I'm praying with my son and my wife is that, you know, whether we're around family that's not saved or friends and acquaintances or work friends that aren't saved or even strangers we might see when we're traveling or shopping, that God would use us to, uh, you know, to, to minister to those people or to plant a seed in their heart that God will use later to save them. That we, that's our prayer. And I know that happens sometimes Yeah. because sometimes there's this, I'm not going to say God's talking to me. I don't, I don't think that, but I know he's nudging my heart. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll ask someone, some stranger that's, you know, maybe the checkout person at a grocery store, or Walgreens or a Walmart or something. They ask him, can I, can I pray for you? And I'll tell you what, Chris, have you done that before? In more personal relationships. Yeah. Mm. So you say, can I pray for you? You know what? Those people, they appreciate it so much. You could tell. And then uh, sometimes I'll even do it. I mean, I don't pray loud or nothing like that, like a, the Pharisee in the Bible. I just say a quick little prayer for him, maybe touch him on the shoulder. Yeah. That touches people. And you never know when you do kind things like that or just maybe helping somebody on the side of the road, you know, in the right kind of circumstance that uh, God will use that to bring those people to salvation. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a, some accident near my, where I stay and um, this Jeep caught on fire because a guy was driving 80 miles per hour down the street drunk. And I stayed, me and my daughter stood out there for a while just looking what was going on. And I, st- I finally saw the victims. And, um, you know, I just went over there, asked them a couple of questions and everything. But I, I ministered to them in a certain way. I didn't, we didn't end up praying, but um, just letting them know that I'm going to be praying for them and, you know, God is with yeah. them and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, so little things like that I've done. And um, that, of course, it's not about me. God just, kind of like nudged me, like you said. And, uh, you know, you could tell they appreciated it. But hopefully that right there leads them to something else uh, called salvation. Yeah, right. That's more important than anything. And uh, 
again, if you're a man that is by your talk, a Christian, people are going to be watching you. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to as a godly man, then you need to step your game up. And uh, it's easier to say than have done. But if you'll if we will all start working towards that and help one another, then uh, it can be easily accomplished because as much as we're able to network, I mean, look, we're a couple time zones apart talking about this tonight Mm -hmm. tell me how easy that that couldn't have happened a few decades ago or even a few years ago right uh now we're we're able to connect with people close and far away and if we'll do that as godly men and and do that as christians then uh god will continue filling the church up with godly men He, he needs more of us we need to to be active as godly men and you don't have to be a bible scholar you don't have to be a theologian or a pastor. What you need to do is be a good and faithful servant of Christ as a man. And if you'll do that, God will use you to help other people, whether it's uh, in small ways or big ways. doesn't matter. God will use you. He will use your hands and your feet and your voice to help others. And all it takes is being a good, faithful servant. Right. And uh, just to uh, drop a Bible verse in here, I have Colossians 3. 23 and 24 and it says whatever you do work heartily as for the lord and not for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the lord christ so it's just to really add some more layers onto that that idea of being his his disciple disciplined learner and an ambassador and you know the um kind of corny phrase that came out in the uh late 90s early 2000s is what what would jesus do yeah whatever we do in front of people we're saying this is what jesus would do if we go and fornicate with somebody we're saying that's what jesus would do and we're taking him into these situations with us because if we're saved the holy spirit is in us so all these things matter and we, we really have to be thankful for his mercy. Um, and, but he grooms us in a way where through his sanctification, he will basically lift us up to be something greater than our flesh wants us to be. Go ahead. And what I really like about how God does that, Chris, and, and I know you know this too, is when God uses you for something, we'll say great, great for his kingdom. You know, whether it's ministering to somebody, being a godly example to someone, whatever. Mm-hmm. God, in my experience, when God's the one behind it, he always does it in a manner where you can't possibly take credit, but you're so glad that you got to be part of it. Right. You know, and that's how I feel. And all the good ministry opportunities God's given me, uh, whether it be teaching the fourth and fifth graders in Sunday school or, you know, teaching my son or, uh, you know, speaking at a prison or whatever. And I'm not I'm not name dropping here. I'm just saying different things I know about. Right. When, when God is in it, I, I can't take credit for any of that. And it is so awesome to be a part of it. And I just like this podcast tonight, you know. God brings these things about. And uh, as I said earlier, we're states and time zones away. We're able to talk about this. And, and God is going to use this to help someone. I know he is. And it's something that my dad did teach me right on this my whole life is to, to be consistent, uh, to work hard. And to, to make yourself available. My parents both taught me that, uh, you know, in work, in church, and in school. And I'm no genius. I just am doing 
what I found out works from learning from them and from these mentors God put in my life as I got older. And if I can do it, anybody can. We just have to make ourselves available. Right, right. And, you, you know, know, you know, and this topic is, is, is um, I know we're kind of laid back talking, <laughs> talking about this stuff, but it's very serious. And, you know, I just want people to know, you know, we, we, we talk about a lot of fringe stuff, a lot of weird stuff. The headlines are pouring in every day about the crazy direction that the world is in. Right. And we, yeah. look, at the, we look at the world and we're like, oh, them, them, them. But what about us? Right. What are we doing to turn the tide because the culture you know jesus was anti-culture as far as the, the where he was and he told us that basically the gates of hell won't prevail against us that was about the culture where he was talking to his disciple was where they worshiped the, it was called the grotto of pan and there were three places of worship there and one of the places was called the gates of hell that's what he was talking about and we like to talk about all these dark things, and that's what people mostly gradu- gra- gravitate towards, but they don't, or some of them don't gravitate towards holiness, holiness, because this is not a form of Christian entertainment. These are serious subject matters. We're at a time in our world where we know we're close. This is not like 2,000 years ago, the beginning of the early church. They had their, their ideas about Christ coming back, you know, right then too. And on and on and on. It goes through history. But we, we know the seasons here. And a lot of us have kids and uh, are raising our kids. And uh, some of us have already ra- raised some, some older, uh, you know, children or whatever. But the point is, this world is changing so fast that if you're not, in that holy place, in that that place where God needs you to be, how are you going to raise or train your children to be holy if they can't see it in you? It's not a game. No, it's not a game. And you know what I was thinking of uh, today? You know, when I have something to do to prepare for, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I can think about in my spare time. <laughs> that's just yeah. how my brain works, I yeah. guess. But uh-huh. I did some, uh, I think I worked out or something earlier today because I, I was off of work today. And while I was cleaning up in the shower, I got to thinking and uh, what you said just reminded me of it. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, we talk about, like you said, these some of these weird subjects that, you know, I enjoy studying them. I enjoy mm-hmm. talking about them. But again, uh, if Christ is not the center, what does it matter? Right. And let's think about, uh, you know, I know there's probably a lot of truther type people that that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. If you're a truther, but you don't have Christ or you're, you're not living like you do, what, what does it matter if you have the truth or not? You actually don't have the truth. You have part of it. Right. And I'm also reminded of people who like to point out other sins in, let's see, in a judgmental fashion, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you have somebody that may preach hard towards, uh, let's say, homosexuality or greed or uh, sexual misconduct. When those people are, are speaking on those topics, not because God put it on their hearts, but because that's what they think about a lot. Those people tend, in my experience, when they do it in a judgmental fashion, they're actually preaching about what they struggle with, or I'm not going to say struggle with, what they're not battling, but they're falling into themselves, if that right, makes sense. Right, right, yeah. They preach hard on those subjects, and then it comes out later that 
they were living that kind of life of whatever type sin, fill in the blank, uh, that they preached hard against. Yeah. You know, and, and we could all be guilty of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're looking at pornography and yet you can't believe that uh, people are getting into the transvestite life or that children younger and younger are becoming addicted to this stuff or people become pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Yet you're you're engaging in the same type of sin yourself that is going to lead you into those same places. Yeah. You know, what I'm, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. And that's that's a good point, because, um, you know, like on the show, we talk about a lot of entertainment stuff and the stuff, the, the subliminal messages and all this stuff. And sometimes, you know, I, even I have to be careful what I'm watching and make sure that I'm not tr- really trying to be entertained by the darkness. Right. Know? Because I'm preaching against it. So why should I be entertained by it? You know? Um, and, and it's not to be legalistic or anything, even against myself. It's, you know, we, we watch things, right? But if it's something that's dark and just demonic, why would I be entertaining myself with that? If it's something that's hypersexual, everything nowadays is, you know, something, some sort of deviant lifestyle. I can't honestly subscribe to those things because I know God doesn't want me to. And his spirit is the only reason why I'm able to get away from it anyway. We see we, a lot of us, we think that, it's, oh, it's us, it's us. No, his, righteous, his righteousness, his conviction, his power alone has us to be able to raise our hands and worship him and all this stuff. So if we're not yielding to that, then what's going to happen? We're going to go right back to whatever we're trying to run from. Yeah, and you, you actually end up in a worse spot. Uh, when you get back into whatever you uh, used to battle, mm-hmm. you're not going to start off uh, whatever person just getting into that sin would be battling. Yeah. You're going to go back to where you were before Christ saved you from that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, one thing that comes to mind, Chris, I'm not trying to step on any toes. Uh, well, I guess I am. But one thing that really bothers me is so many people talk about this show like Game of Thrones. And it's not the only bad one. But, you know, it's got perversion. It's got – and I haven't ever watched it. I've just read reviews and and what other people have said about it. It's got uh, all types of perversion and pornography with Dungeons & Dragons is what it sounds like. But Mm -hmm. it's even got incest. Yeah. The characters, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, this is how I found out. There's a lady that was going for a part. I don't even know what actress it was, but her real life brother was a was a character in the show. Mm-hmm. The directors, the writers, or producers that were wanting her for a certain part, they wanted to write her character having an affair of some kind with the character her brother played. So even though the characters weren't related in real life, they would have been having a sex scene mm-hmm. with brother and sister. Yeah. Now, why would anybody? want to watch something that promoted that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, oh. now thankfully, the actress said she declined the part. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know there's probably a bunch of them that would do anything to get fame, fortune, or, or whatever they're chasing. Absolutely. You know, and then while we're, we're talking about somebody that maybe has a, another type of sin problem, we're feeding our mind and soul these kind of shows. We can't be doing that, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And I again, I say that's different than struggling and battling against something that you're trying to not do that you may 
let's say, fall off the wagon from time to time on your road to victory from that sin. Mm-hmm. That's different than feeding yourself that stuff all the time while decrying somebody else's sin, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the reality of it is with um, doesn't matter if it's a book or television, movies, video games, music, every single one of those medias, uh, they have an effect on our brain. So you have to be careful yes. what you're watching, listening to all that. It's it's a fact. You could do you could do two minutes of research to find this out. Two minutes, really, less than that, actually, to find out the effects of media on your brain, on your heart, on your mind, on your entire being. Um, but because you know God sets certain things in motion, and when a dark side takes a hold of that and uses it for its own will. It's nothing there but destruction. It's there to destroy you. No matter how much you like this thing or adore this thing, whatever it is, I'm not going to, you know, um, start putting certain categories out there. You know what it is. And just because you have a like for it doesn't mean it's right. That's right. And as you mature as a Christian, you have to put safeguards in your own life. And while trying to force that on other people would be a, a type of legalism right individually we all struggle with different types of sin and you need to set boundaries for yourself i know someone that is having to set boundaries uh you know some christians don't have a problem uh partaking in alcohol as long as they don't get drunk you know some have wine maybe with supper or mm-hmm. a beer occasionally i don't the reason i don't is because i never drank to have the taste i never drank to Relax. The only time I would drink is if I wanted to get drunk out of my mind. Yeah. So I can't I can't even touch the stuff. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to be around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can't take a chance that that one drink may lead me down a road I cannot recover from and that would cause me my family or uh, ministry that I get to do or any of that. You know, sure, I could still be saved. But but what kind of path of destruction would be behind me that and regrets, you know? And I had to learn the hard way. You have to put safeguards in your life. That's why it took me many years to even have the Internet in my house Mm -hmm. because I couldn't trust myself. Right. You know, and my wife knows that. So she helps me, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But you have to put safeguards in your life, different types, whether it be limiting yourself to certain types of music or movies or just whatever you're surrounded with. Right. And I, I was addicted to all sorts of stuff, music, you know, the pornography. And, and you mm-hmm. know, God, God, not me, God took it all away. Simple prayers. I didn't need somebody to come and slap me over the head or, or you know, 50 million people to pray for me. It was me and God surrendering the heart totally and just faithfully. Doesn't mean I didn't slip up here and there, but a straight practicing of all this? No. No, <laughs> no. And, you know, God is amazing. When, he, when when you slip up after, you know, let's just say it's a year or two went by and you slip up somewhere. Doesn't mean it, it doesn't. I'm not talking about pornography. It could be something else. Um, oh, sure. Anything. Yeah. When you go before the father, you, you feel different. It's, you, you, it's like all of a sudden, bang, you notice there's a change in the way I approach this, you know, and that yeah. can only come through the spirit of God. You're right. I mean, uh, what I like to tell people a lot is, uh, and I'll say this, which I, I'm sure there's people listening that, that they may be more struggling 
with the sins they're battling than others. And I mm -hmm. want to tell you this, if that's you, it's worth the fight. Not only will you leave a legacy for those that follow behind you, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, spouses, children or spiritual children, or maybe other men or women that uh, you, you help bring to spiritual maturity. Not only will you have that, but you'll be able to look back on your life and you'll be able to say, you know what? I used to struggle with that. I used to battle that. And now I still have to be careful, but God, you've brought me so far. I feel so much more grown up now than I did, you know, several years ago or whenever I started asking you to help me with this particular sin. And uh, I, I just always refer to that when I'm, when I'm talking to young people or uh, folks my age or even older folks. Uh, to me, God gives you some memories to remind you of where he's brought you from. And he does it in a way where I think Overcomers is the name of the 12-step program that I participated in and then, and then was a leader of for many years. Uh, like I said, it was Christian, a Christian 12-step program uh, you know, to help people fight addictions. But anyway, I like the way they worded something. After you've been a Christian a while, you can look back on your life, some of the things that you've been able to overcome with the Holy Spirit's help. Mm-hmm. When you have those memories that I'm talking about where you can see like uh, milestones of where you've come, a lot of the pain and, and bad memories associated with that milestone is not there anymore. It's kind of like it happened to someone else right. once you get farther down the road. And I hope that encourages someone to know that one day what you're struggling with now, you'll be able to look back and it'll be a testimony you can share with someone else. And when you think about it, rather than cry or be upset or mad at yourself, You'll be able to say, wow, God, you've really brought me a long way and, and I can take no credit, but I thank you for doing that. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of the pain associated with those things eventually goes away and it becomes a good thing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a lot of men are are um, looking for a good wife. But I, you, you, one thing I want you to think about is, you know, some 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 of you guys are not necessarily ready like you know jeff said earlier in the show you're not ready you're missing so many things that you weren't given from your father or your mother or you know certain things you didn't learn in school or just how to be a man um and what the purpose is of a man in this life that we're living here and if a woman can't trust you well god is the one that we need to trust but this i'm just putting it in, into a form that we all know um, sure if um, they can't feel secure around you, they don't believe that you're listening to them. Um, how do you expect them to uplift you? <laughs> you know, you're not giving them the confidence they need to follow you because you are the covering once you become married. You know, so you again, it's all about the example that you set, the way you treat people, um, the way you, what's your relationship with God like? Ultimately, again. I just have to keep re reiterating that because it's something fundamental that has to be honed in on, especially in these political climates uh, that we have today, where all sorts of things are coming at the men. Uh, you have um, white men being told they're evil. <laughs> you you right. have all sorts of stuff. I mean, you, you were having people thinking that they're kings and queens when they never were. You have <laughs> <laughs> you you have the the idea of entitlement that a lot of young people yeah. have. Like mm -hmm. like they don't have to work for anything, for anything, you know. And, and when men are like that, it's a shame. Because when when I grew up, you know, in seventies, eighties, nineties, and 
you couldn't be like that. You had to work. No, you have to work. And, uh, you know, you see some young people, they don't have any direction and they don't care. A lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised to see that there are still some out there that, that do like what you're talking about. You know, they got to work hard and, and try to work for what they get and all that stuff. But there's there's a lot that really don't have much ambition and apparently no need to because their needs have always been met and their wants have always been given to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've read recently where uh, I'm one of these people, I, I hate to say, but God, again, has, has used it uh, to his advantage and for his glory. The age that, that boys actually become men in their minds and in their attitudes and their ways of, I guess, interfacing and acting with the, the real world. That, that age is getting higher and higher because of uh, so many of the things we've been talking about tonight, whether it be uh, pornography or uh, social media, video games, etc. People are not really becoming men from the world's perspective till their upper 20s or 30s. Yeah. And, and sometimes you know? their 40s. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes never. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're out there and you are playing video games more than anything else. I used to be that, had to stop. So I implore you to stop <laughs> spending more time playing video games than, than actually growing to be a man, you know? Is yeah, that, and go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, I don't care for people that act that way, but one of the reasons is I used to be that guy in a certain way. And so I'm not putting you down out there. Mm -hmm. What I wanna encourage you to do, if, if that's one of your problems, pray. Of course, study the scripture like we've been talking about and ask God to bring men into your life that will help you. And maybe even make yourself a little available and vulnerable by getting involved again in something at your church. Yeah. And more often than not, God will put somebody in your life that will help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sometimes that help may not be wanted at the time. But when you, again, look back, you'll see, you know, God put that guy in my life. And if not for him, I wouldn't have known this. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, again, I give God all the credit because, I mean, he showed me through other men how to budget, you know, how to take, how to save for the future. Why I needed to, uh, how to treat my wife before I ever met her, uh, how to, you know, behave myself and, and do a good job on dating, you know, cause you gotta be very careful dating, um, yeah. so that you don't fall into things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, showed me how to, how to take care of my son before I ever met him, you know? And, and also I, I think on the places where I messed up or where things didn't go right for me. And I, I try to use that instead of saying, Oh, poor me, you know, you gotta, you gotta forgive those that have wronged you and you gotta move past that. Otherwise you'll never grow up you know, maturity wise. That's right. And that's something, again, I didn't learn until I was in my tw way up in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was still a little six year old inside because that's when that big event happened. But once I was able to realize I had to, to forgive those that had harmed me, even if it wasn't on purpose and those that have harmed me on purpose. And, and once I had to admit to my own wrongs that uh, people I've hurt through the years, I was able to to grow up that my uh, maturity level caught up with my age finally. Yeah. Once all that happened, I was able to meet my wife. I was able to move on and be a grown up, you know, to to match my age. 
And uh, if you're a person that's maybe needing to go that direction or uh, you're in the middle of that kind of thing, I just want you to know it will work out for you in the end. Don't give up and don't feel like we're bashing you. We've been there before. We want to help you however we can. Right. Yeah. And, and ultimately, it's just moving your heart towards God more than everything else, more than anything else. And you, you'll get that desire to serve him more and serve in the church and um, he'll sanctify you. And, you know, back to the Dayton, uh, you said to be careful on Dayton. I'm going to tell anyone, male or female out there, don't go to these Dayton sites. <laughs> oh, no. I don't man. care. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't care if they have a Christian name to them. Most of the people that are using these sites are not out for your good, not out for your holiness. And um, I can tell you, you'll end up someplace you didn't intend to be. And if you feel yourself trying to intend to be there, turn away now. It's not good. Bible said to flee fornication. Flee it by all means. That's right. That's you'll right. Make a Run way away out. from it. Mm-hmm. So that's um, right. And yeah. You know, Chris, another thing I just thought of that's gonna be helpful with this part of the conversation. Um I used to be real bad about rubbernecking. Do you know what I mean by if a nice looking person would walk by, it was pretty obvious what I was looking at. Right. I had to train myself not to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I don't, I don't go to water parks for that reason. I try not to because yeah. there's just too many things to look at. Right. And if I fall and slip, I, I talk to my wife about it. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily go into great detail because that would not be productive. Right. But uh, it also brings up something else we didn't cover yet, which was, you need to have someone in your life that is a godly man that you can count on to uh, to hold you accountable as far as your actions and uh, how you're interacting with the world. Also, someone you can confide in. You need a friend the same sex as you are that you can confide in, that you can put your deepest, darkest secrets to. Uh, and obviously, you want that to be a Christian who is not a gossip. Right. Otherwise, your business will be on the street and then, you know, nobody will be your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, you need you need somebody to you, you like surround yourself with godly men, <laughs> godly men. And, um, you know, you, there's, there's nothing like it. You'll, you'll, you'll know who's real, you know, given time, you'll know who's real and um, who won't uh, be the gossipers. You know, as it's very, very, actually very quick to find out who's a gossiper or not. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you read all the things I had sent you, but um, I have several friends that I'm real close with. But the one I'm probably the closest with is God that his nickname is Buster. Uh -huh. Especially in today's racial, racially charged climate, you would not ever think that we would be friends. Mm. I'm a white guy from the South and, uh, you know, I'm in my early 40s with uh, a wife and one boy. He's a black grandpa in his upper 50s from mm. the South, you know? And I I feel like we, we have that same relationship as Jonathan and David did. You know, our souls are knit together and, and uh, it's definitely something God brought about. Yeah. And uh, I, I personally believe one of the reasons is not only because we're good for each other, but because of this racially charged environment we have now, we mm. defy those odds. And it's yeah. because God brought us together in a beautiful friendship yeah. that uh, nobody can ever take from us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and again, that just goes back to, to God using an idiot like me 
<laughs> and uh, it, I'm not saying everybody else is an idiot, but I know I have been in my life. And, and if God can use me, he can do that with any man that is willing to to work hard and to be consistent with him. He'll he'll do it for you, too. Yeah. And, and he'll you, give you those yeah. men that you need. Yeah, and, and the enemy wants to divide ethnicities anyway. That's the that's the propaganda that's been out there for so long. Uh, one pastor told me that when they were in a new age, when they went to the conferences, that uh, some of the speakers would say that they put out the slavery movies because they want to keep us divided. And that's not mm -hmm. a big part of my upbringing. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I knew about it, you know, and, and stuff, but I'm not from America. So I, it doesn't really, it's not really something that trails me every day for me to think about, right. you know? Well, that's something to be thankful for. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so um, it's not, a, a, a slavery isn't at the forefront of my mind um, and all these other, uh, I mean, things do happen, you know, but these are not things that are so pervasive and the, the media makes it look so pervasive when that's not reality, you know? So, but, you know, that's another conversation, but people need to wake up to the mass mind control Oh, definitely. When it comes definitely. to, you know, the Bible talks about wars, rumors of wars, ethnicity against ethnicity. And we have to, as Christian brothers, we're not Jews, Gentiles, and all this stuff. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. There's no divide. Uh -oh. And so we need to stop being divided on things we don't need to divide about, especially ethnicity. We need to love each other and love the world and try to get people um, uh, the gospel. That's that's what we need to be doing while we're exposing darkness. And that's why this channel exists. Um, and that's why we can have conversations like this. I don't care where you're from. Brother in Christ is a brother in Christ. That's right, man. And, and I'm not even saying uh, if you're white or black, pretend like you're best friends with every person that's a different race or well, we're all one race, but a different skin color or background than you. Don't mm -hmm. do don't be phony. Right. But. When God does things in your life, just recognize it and use it to his kingdom's advantage yeah. and appreciate what he's done. Mm -hmm. You know, and like me, I, I'm not ashamed to be white. I, I think it's great, but I also think it's great that uh, only a few of my friends are white because we defy the odds. And it's not anything I did on purpose. Again, right. I just noticed one day, you know what? I have a Hawaiian friend that I'm real close with, a, a black guy I'm real close with, a couple of black guys I'm real close with, a Puerto Rican who looks white, you know, and <laughs> all these things. And I'm like, you know, I don't know why God did that, but I think it's neat, especially being from, that I'm from the United States and from the South, which is supposed to be, you know, where everybody hates each other just because of their color or whatever. I, I think it's awesome. But uh, the, the whole point of that is God will point out some neat things in your life if you'll just take time to look around and recognize them. And, and he will use those kind of things for his kingdom's advantage. And I mean, it, it all comes down to being a, a faithful servant. The good part, the Holy spirit will help you with because none of us are good on our own, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely. that's what it takes, man. Definitely. And, um, you know, I, I hope this conversation is really touching someone out there and getting them to understand how important all of this is. Um, this is a serious matter as we tr keep trying to reiterate um, because men need to be men and Satan is after the family big time, whether it's your education or your gender, <laughs> your sexuality, you know, the way you raise your kids, 
Should you vaccinate? Should you not? Should you have abortion? Should you not? All of these things. And you could find a truth to every single one of these matters in the Bible. It covers every single piece of life. Doesn't matter what it is. It, the Bible covers everything. And um, it's just going back to the word of God again. You know, the spiritual warfare that we read about, the armor of God that we read about, the armor of God, most of it is the word of God. That's right. And if we don't get that concept down, we'll be missing a lot of things walking through this life, walking through the fog of life, which ends up being a fog of war when you're not careful. That's right. And, you know, uh, I hope everyone out there can realize that if any of the different things we've talked about affects your life, if you're struggling with any of these things, I hope you know that you're not alone. And, uh, you know, there's tons of statistics we could go through that show that, uh, you know, there's men and women of different age groups, uh, different jobs in the church, including pastors, that, that all struggle with these types of things that we've been talking about tonight. And I think one of the reasons it's so pervasive in the church is, number one, Satan's using those kind of things to distract us from our job, which is to make disciples of all nations. Number yeah. two, it's because we're afraid to talk about them. You know, mm -hmm. me and Chris aren't afraid to talk about them, but, uh, you know, you, you can talk about these things in either a delicate situation or, you know, a delicate way if you've got children around, or you can, uh, you know, have men's meetings and women's meetings and talk about them in a productive manner. But these kind of problems we've been talking about need to be dealt with, and we need to show the world we're not afraid to deal with them because no matter what the media says, no matter what the movies tell us, people that are stuck in these different types of sins we've discussed and even some we may have not touched upon necessarily, there's lots of people that are stuck in them that just think they have no way out and nobody is giving them any help. The only thing they're doing is either afraid to talk about them because they're afraid to hurt their feelings or whatever. Or they're being encouraged to continue in their sin because that's what they should do since, you know, that's their civil right to do it or what have you. Uh, and so, again, if we will quit being afraid of these things and talk right about them in the right settings, show people that are struggling with these things and battling with these things, that we can help them and we can come alongside them, God will use that to grow his church. All right. Yeah. I remember being in that same situation didn't know how it would stop this this nasty sin. And, you know, again, it was just the spirit of God moving on my heart to um, to repentance about that issue and surrendering totally. Not not, you know, you know, oh, you know, I feel bad now. Two two minutes later, I'm back at it or a month later. No, this was really surrendering the heart to God. And letting them work in the life of Chris Taylor, you know. So um, if you're there and you don't, if you feel hopeless, it's because you have no control, and only God has control over getting that deliverance off uh, on your life, you know. Because we've yeah. opened the doors to to um, some of us might not see it or feel it, but there's demonic oppression on you um, in pornography and some of these other things. So you want to acknowledge that. Yeah, and Chris, I don't know how much you've talked about pornography, but I'm, I'm flipping through my notes here. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if people realize this, but pornography contributes to, um, to sex trafficking and sex slavery. Mm -hmm. uh, many of the people that, that are, uh, we'll call them actors and actresses in the industry, the porn industry, right. 
many of them come from broken homes. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this stuff for free or for money. Yeah. And um, another thing is, many of these people, which I haven't watched that kind of stuff in a long time, thankfully. Thanks be to God. But mm -hmm. anyway, people have seen this stuff so much, they need more and more uh, racy or, or risky or dangerous things to get them excited to keep buying or, or downloading this stuff. So a lot of these people end up in the hospital with various types of injuries and diseases. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but just a few years ago, Pamela Anderson, the famous Playboy and uh, Baywatch person, she and some type of Jewish rabbi came out on, uh, let's see, I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. They came out with a big article, and you know she's made millions of dollars with her body. Right. They came out with uh, a big article talking about how dangerous and how bad porn was, not not for her, but for people who view it. Hmm. And then there was another lady that uh, I found uh, an interview of. She had formerly been a porn star, and uh, God saved her, and I think she's actually a pastor's wife now. Mm -hmm. She talked about how when you participate in that, just by watching it, buying it, or whatever— you're contributing to your demise, to your wife's demise, and you're contributing to sex trafficking. Yeah. Because uh, what this stuff does, it, it opens people up to demonic activity and up to their own uh, most perverse version of themselves. And uh, have you ever watched the Ted Bundy interview by James Dobson? Yeah. Okay, well, did you see that Ted Bundy started down the path he's on or he was on before he got electrocuted or, or however they – put him to death because he found pornography in yeah. the back of a store. And yeah. if I understood right, his parents were, I don't know if they were Christians, but it sounds like they were Christians or at least, uh, how would you say that? Cultural Christians at least yeah. because he had good parents, raised in a good home, but he found this stuff. This would have probably been back in the 60s. He found some type of pornography that was for that time pretty bad stuff, pretty rough. That led him down a dark path, kind of like mine, but mine did not go to the same places he ended up. He ended up having these fantasies, I guess, of raping and killing women. Mm -hmm. And he became an alcoholic. Remember, I said that I had dealt with drugs and alcohol to, to mask my pain. I guess he was doing something similar. But what happened with him was, instead of masking his pain with the alcohol, it became his liquid courage. I know that it, alcohol is called that sometimes. Yeah. That was the courage, gave him the courage he needed to act all these things he had been thinking of. And he ended up murdering, gosh, I think he got convicted of, I can't remember, like 20 or 30 yeah, murders. Yeah, but they number. think he was linked to maybe 100 or more, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And he said it, it wasn't a demon that got him. It wasn't any of that stuff. It's because he started with pornography. Yeah. And I'm not saying every person that gets into pornography addiction will become a, you know, a, a serial killer, obviously. But what I am saying is any type of sin you get into, whether it be alcohol, drugs, pornography, or any other thing that people battle with, it will lead you to places you never imagined you would go, and I don't mean in a good way. Right. Well, there's a verse in the Bible that says, those that hate me love death. And then God is the one saying that. Those yeah. that hate me love death. And for... The believer, he says that those that love the Lord hate evil. Pretty solid statement there. I don't think I need to say more about that. It speaks for no, itself. No, it's true, man. 
And, and what a timely verse for, for what's been going on the last couple of weeks with these uh, new laws in New York and stuff. I, yeah. I just yeah. never would have imagined people would go this low in my lifetime. But obviously, yeah. I was very wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the you same know what, thing though? There, there's when people go through those like a, an abortion procedure or whatever, uh, I know they've committed murder or they've participated in a murder. But at the same time, they need people like some of us to point the truth out, to preach the truth in love in a compassionate way so that, you know, perhaps they can become saved. They can not only find the error of their ways, but repent of that and maybe one day help others to uh, come out of that stuff before they actually have the procedure done so that we'll have more children in the future than we have today. You know? Yeah. And Uh, and that's another serious issue. That's a whole other show (laughs) about the birth rate around the world. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, who's coming up behind that? Another I know, man. I know. Ideology. It's yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's a, lot, it's a lot to talk about. And we just want you guys to have courage to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in everything you do. You know, I, I encourage you to, to, to speak to someone if you're addicted to anything. You know, I know some of this is not something that you can get over instantly. Some of you have to go through some sort of withdrawal when it comes to drugs and stuff. And it's, it's, it's almost the same thing when it comes to pornography. Because, you know, yeah, it is. whether it's sugar, mm-hmm. coffee, alcohol, pornography. Hey, let's not get on coffee now. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> or any other type of drug. Video games, binge watching. Um, you know, our, the, our minds, our systems aren't geared towards some sort of addiction. That That's something that we do to ourselves, you know? You know, you know that well, how how's the axiom goes like um, too much of anything is bad, you know. Yeah, too much of a good thing. That's right. Yeah. So you know, you you wanna you wanna see the Lord in this. This is all. That's the best I could tell you. See the Lord because He's the only one that can deliver you. Not man, not some psychiatrist or some other medication. God and Jesus Christ alone. But as we wrap up here, I want to just um encourage uh anyone that that's listening if you're not saved to really realize that god came down from heaven in the form of jesus christ and 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 the man in the form of a body of a human forever he became one of us forever he's still god 100 percent god 100 percent man came to die for your sins doesn't matter if you're if you're a pedophile or any other sin out there, liar, thief, homosexual, um, blasphemer, it doesn't matter. He came to die for all sins, for everyone. And I'm just hoping that whoever's listening to this, you're chosen, you're called out by God through this message that he um, has given us to deliver because he rose, he died and rose on the third day for you, for us, for me, for Jeff everyone to get that message the gospel is the good news the good news that jesus christ came and did that for you and he's waiting on you to react respond to this gospel message and i know some of you are out there saying oh how can god be so loving i've done so many bad things it doesn't matter that's the whole beauty of it anything you want to add to that jeff uh chris i I agree with everything you said man and um if there's anyone out here that your heart's been pricked or your uh, emotions have been touched by anything we've said. We're, we're doing this out of Christian love for you. We're not doing it to condemn you. We're not doing it because we hate you. We've been where you are in some kind of way or another. And uh, 
there's one way I've heard it described is let's say sin instead of just sin, it's an 18 wheeler and you're standing in the middle of the road on a highway and you don't know it's coming towards you. If we really care about you, like Chris and I do and, and other Christian brothers and sisters do, we're not just going to drop to our knees and say, God, I, I hope you wake that person up and help them realize an 18 wheeler is coming for, for them so they don't get crushed and killed. No, that, that would be a dumb thing to do. What we're trying to do is holler at you, please wake up. Please ask Christ to save you from your sins and become a Christian so that you don't burn. Because like Chris's uh, beginning says, don't let them burn. We don't want you to burn. We want you to be freed from those sins. We want you to be a Christian. And if you are a Christian struggling with any of these things, I want to leave you with James 1 and 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You ask God through prayer and by studying his word. And if you will do that, he will bring the people in your life that you need to help you become a success for his kingdom. And he will also use you. He will use your mistakes, your mess ups, and even the bright spots we talked about that he'll bring in your life to help other people. And that's that's our prayers that you become a Christian and that you continue growing after you become a Christian so that God can use you to help others. Amen. Amen. Uh, really um, encourage you all to share this program and get the word out and don't let them burn. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us tonight. Thanks, Chris. It was a pleasure. I want you to think of a time when you had control over your mind. Now think of a time when you let anything into your subconscious. Have we been led to a critical junction by unseen forces? What does this mean for the future of mankind? What have you been trained to believe about UFOs and aliens? Have you been deceived? Are you waiting for something to show up? In this groundbreaking documentary film, the veil will be lifted, your eyes will be open, as the truth is exposed like never before. We are not alone, but they are not what you think. Disclosure is near, so what will be the event? The one event that will fool the global population in the last days? Find out soon as we uncover the alien deception. Entertainment Frontlines. If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates.